0: Welcome to DBP, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie.
1: And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch. Welcome, DBP peeps. Today, we have an episode for you called Rock You Like a Hurricane. Here um, I am. <laughs> So we are going to be drinking Storm Point 2017 Red Blend from South Africa, specifically the Western Cape and um, Stellenbach. And uh, we are going to be talking about hurricanes in the wake of Hurricane Dorian. So thought it was very timely. I've been holding on to this wine and I've been anxious to drink it. Um, have you now? I, I have been. <laughs> yeah. Is that how you pronounce it? Stellenbosch? Or maybe it's Stellenbosch. I have no idea. I legitimately don't know. Yeah, I'm, I think it's it's Stellenbosch. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, thank you, Jamie. Can I can I crack it? <laughs> yes, you can. Um, so this wine is fifty six percent synso, twenty nine percent syrah, and fifteen percent carignan. Um, it is thirteen percent ABV. I'm really excited. I really think that this is a very interesting blend of grapes. Yes. Uh, I'm surprised about
0: the um, the percentages too. Oh, it smells lovely. A new word. I think lovely, delightful, delightful, and pleasurable.
1: Mm-hmm. Cheers! It's, it's very um, Ooh. perfumey. Yes. Very. Yeah, I get a, like a lot of perfume on the nose. That's pretty good. It's definitely not what I expected.
0: Well, I'm dripping you, a little bit. Sorry.
1: You get like. It's there's definitely some pepper. That's yeah. probably the Syrah. I was gonna say it's it is yeah. very
0: peppery on the nose, even on like the aftertaste. But it's very interesting.
1: <laughs> well, it's an interesting blend. Okay, so like I said, it's Stellenbosch. The majority of this these grapes are from the Swartland region, where these three varieties thrive in the warmer climates there. The vines are anywhere from fifteen to twenty five years in age. And they are mainly grown on uh, granite type soils as well as some shale soils. They hand harvest all these grapes uh, towards the end of February. Yeah. So, and that's it's
0: the opposite growing season yep, in the exactly. US. So, we're on opposite seasons.
1: Yep. And then they're destemmed. And then they do gentle extraction through light pump overs for a little more than a week. And then they mature them in tank and neutral barrels. So 70% neutral barrels and 30% stainless steel. And they call it a lively, zippy red wine sprinkled with some very serious notes. Yeah. I think I mean, that's a good description. I yeah. I think that's a really accurate description. I would I would definitely call this
0: zippy. I think that there is a very high level of acidity here that just sh- kind of shocks you a little bit, you know? like Yeah. Maybe to the core a bit because it's not really what you expect for red wines. Or not oftentimes what I expect for red wines. But this is definitely a unique thing. But Cinco
1: is not a very common majority varietal. No, it's you not. You know? It, and I think that's where we're seeing that color too. This, it's like a dark purpley red. Well, we're going to get that from Syrah as well. That's true. But
0: it is it is slightly more on the ruby side. What's our third group? Cinso. Carignan. Cinso,
1: Syrah, Carignan. Carignan. S- okay. All right. So Stellenbosch to South Africa is what Napa is to America.
0: Oh. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of really good things coming out of this. There's a lot of good
1: things. But there's it's, also a lot of things. Exactly. So okay. you have to sort through it just like you do in Napa. Like mm-hmm. what's the good stuff? Their wine university is there, the University of Stellenbosch. mm it's. Mm-hmm basically wine tourism is all is mostly there
0: yeah now do you remember when we talked about pinotage yes Uh uh-huh because pinotage was invented at Stellenbosch Mm -hmm. University and Cinso is the papa of
1: pinotage yeah yeah why don't you tell everyone about the barrique that they do some of this aging in Oh, yeah, because there are barrels of all different sizes, right?
0: So the barrique is one that holds 59 gallons or 225 liters. So in terms of quantity of wine, that's 300 bottles of wine that will come out of that. It is the most common type of wine barrel. So the size is important because if you think about it, when you have surface area, all of that wine that's touching is going to get and soak in more of those flavors. Yeah. Now, if you have a very large barrel, like the ones right. that we saw at uh, Joseph Phelps, there's like ginormous ones, yeah. you're not going to get a lot of oak on there because it's a higher ratio of liquid to wood. And so it's really not going to impart too many flavors. You don't get that over-oakiness. Right. But when you want a lot of oak, you're going to want to get those... Brand new barrels, brand new French, most likely barrels that are going to be, I believe, this size or smaller, right? Because these are going to be the standard size.
1: I, I think that's really interesting because you don't really think about the size of the barrel. You don't, you know, but it really does make a difference. Yeah. And then this this one was aged in ten months, so and they've only they produced twelve hundred cases, so it's not that's not that a huge many production. No. Uh, what else? They describe their wines as having a subtle mineral tone, which they believe is from the decomposed granite soil. Um, The Granite Mountains there are approximately 600 million years old. Over three times as old as the soil in Napa. Shit. So, much older growing land. Now, the name is very interesting. Storm Point. Yeah. What's that all about? Yeah. So... (laughs) You know, we chose it because we storm point sure. hurricanes. I mean, it makes sense, but that's not certainly really does. what it's for. They call it, they, repre- they say it represents the ideal that good things come to those who wait. Um, and it's based on this story. Basically, from the beginning of the age of exploration in the mid 15th century, where they had seafaring expeditions and they were looking for all the riches in the east and the... Uh, in the east and the west and as we all know in 1499 four ships set sail from portugal and they were looking for riches this armada reached the cape so in south africa the western cape and these violent storms appeared and they claimed an immense shape materialized in the night air is that grotesque and enormous stature with heavy jowls and an unkempt beard is that this dude right here i think it's the guy on the our- <laughs> on our label two ships and more than half his men were lost at this point and de Gamma, who was the main explorer cried out to the mythological being stating what his intentions were and asking permission to pass the giant vanished the storms receded and there was a clear passage all because they asked mm-hmm. huh i mean so i actually thought this was Zeus. this being they called it the Atomaster, which is the one on the label and per- and supposedly continues to protect the Western Cape from the unwanted people. Invaders. Invaders. Sure. Um, And it represents the dangers that explorers have faced trying to abide in an area not wishing to be tamed. And the Portuguese name this southerly point the Cape of Storms. Fast forward to now, 400 years later, and winemakers from around the world have flocked to South Africa because of its old vines, its untapped potential, and the opportunity to make amazing wines. And uh, one of these people is Australian winemaker Mick Craven of Craven Wines. And he's in charge of this. So um, it's an Aussie. Yep, speaking. He's speaking to the soul of this incredible region. So they say it's 400 years in the making and the right formula of timing people and nature to help create wines meant for all purity, texture, and concentrated elegance. I feel like this wine is hitting me like really
0: quickly. And it's only 13%. Is
1: that, I mean, maybe you haven't eaten as much today? Uh, It's pot. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. a possibility.
0: That being said, South Africa, it does make a lot of wine. I think for a while, it just made a lot of mediocre wine. I don't think that they really realized what they had their hands on. And so it's more recent that they have sort of come into making really high quality wines. Of course, that does mean similar, like to what you said before, Sarah, like in Napa, you got to kind of weed through everything else because there's so much California wine out there, but there's more to it and you just have to kind of do a little extra digging a little extra research in order to see like what's the cream of the crop Mm -hmm. um as you know like that pinotage we had before was not really our cup of tea
1: no but this this is actually quite lovely i think pinotage in general like it's really hard to find a good one but Mm -hmm. i think south african wine all around mostly you'll is good yeah um
0: And also, I mean, Pinotage is just a difficult grape by itself, whereas this is a blend of, like cinso is typically a blending grape when you see it around the rest of the world. Not to say, I mean, I have a cinso Rosé sitting on my wine rack over here, but you don't tend to see it a bunch, but these other grapes that it's blended with, Syrah is going to bring some extra meatiness to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's going to bring some depth and some body to it. Whereas that Karen Yen is going to be slightly more, I think, medium bodied, and it's Karen Yen.
1: Remember, is the one that we've said
0: before is going to be great for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um.
1: They say that you should drink this with or without food, but definitely pair with good company. Mm. It'll get the party started. Um, There's also (laughs) tasting notes of strawberry fruit roll-up, blueberry cobbler, and wild rose aromas. I definitely Mm. get that that perfume rose aroma. Yeah, definitely. Um. And Wine Spectator gave this 88 points, if anyone is yeah. interested in the points. Yeah. Um, they also say ripe plum and bright berry. I don't know. I, I I could get a little bit of plum on this.
0: I feel like that's what I initially thought. I think that there is a little bit more perhaps blackberry, like slightly yeah. underripe blackberries. Uh, it's not like when you have like a very soft one that you bite into and mm-hmm. it just, you know, like juices everywhere. This one's a little like, it's like firmer. Right. right? Um, I'm not getting a b- bunch of tannin on the on the um on the palette. Yeah. And this is sort of like it is pretty translucent, so this is not like a deep, deep colour. It's not at um, all. No. But we're gonna continue to sip on this. I yeah. do really just wanna take out my crayons and start coloring this label because it's it's really It does pretty.
1: look like it needs to be colored. It
0: does. It has some nice shading
1: going it on. It is a cool label though. I want whoever drew this is talented for sure.
0: And who made the wine, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, All right, so let's talk about some storms. Let's talk about
1: rocking it like a hurricane. Yeah,
0: so I don't know anything about hurricanes, really. I
1: don't either, and with this Hurricane Dorian, it seems, I mean, the latest news is that it's ravaging the Bahamas.
0: Thankfully, it seems that Dorian is dying down, uh, which is good. Um, It's dying down quicker than they originally anticipated because... They thought that this was going to carry all the way up the coast and hit land and all that good stuff. And I, thankfully, have never lived along a coast like that.
1: Yeah. And after reading some of this information, I think I'm still kind of glad that I did. No, I mean, listen, the Midwest, like, the winter sucks, but we never have to deal with any of this. I mean, we have tornadoes. Yeah, but, I mean really how often does that happen perhaps
0: the worst part too is that like with hurricanes and storms like this you're watching it for for a week and you're like oh shit that's gonna come hit me (laughs) and you're just going you're like oh god when's it gonna hit and there are all these people who are like i'm just gonna write it out i'm just gonna write it out because how many times do they say it's gonna progress and get worse and worse and worse and be category four category five or something and then it dissipates It's a joke, but it's also true. It's probably the only high-profile job that you can have and you can keep, even though you're wrong Wrong all the time, is being a a meteorologist. And I don't want to say that that's anything to do with, like, a meteorologist's level of expertise or anything. It's just because weather is unpredictable. This is, like, the environment that we're talking about, and there are so many factors, and they change so quickly. Yeah, I would probably hate that job because I'd be like, I can never be right and no. I like to be right.
1: Well, <laughs> okay. So let's talk about how they, how the names. Oh my God. This is so, so crazy. How do we name these hurricanes? Because I do think that a lot of like, you know, there's a lot of, this is real. Obviously <laughs> we know that like we see now like the Bahamas got hit and it's bad. Okay. But don't you feel like there's a little bit of propaganda with this in terms of, like, ratings and weather ratings and things like that. Because there's a lot of scare tactics. And then they oh, name yes. these things. And then, like, it's like, oh. Once they do this for a name. Winter, since every, now, every time we're about to get a snow, there's a winter storm name. And you're like. Is there? Oh, my God. All the time. And you're like, we've been. Doing this for years. It's funny. I feel like I just ignore that stuff. Yeah, but you are right. There are scare tactics,
0: tactics for sure. And I think that... I think it's like once they name it, it's like, oh my God. Shit's hitting the fan. What are we going to do? Don't you
1: think, though, it could be for ratings, too?
0: Ugh, that's... I feel like that's treading on thin ice. Yes. Walking on the ice. Whatever the thing is. I'm just calling it. Okay. Like the reason I why it. I say that, Sarah, is because... This is, the names are dictated by the National Hurricane Center. There is an organization that meets to talk about all things hurricane in nature. Now, I don't really know what their agendas must look like. Okay. But on occasion, naming is part of that.
1: Okay, so tell me how they name them.
0: Okay. The majority of these hurricanes and these storms, there is a cycle of six different lists. So essentially every six years, you recycle a list from six years before. Mm-hmm. they are some pretty bizarre ass names <laughs> Look. since 1953 at least atlantic tropical storms have been named from lists originated by the national hurricane center okay um same thing i think applies to the eastern north pacific names and possibly the central north pacific names so there are all these different names and they all have their own individual lists so, it doesn't say, like, what year the other two were. Um, I'm on the National Hurricane Center's website. Okay. But some of these names, you're, like, definitely not in use any longer. For instance, Nestor.
1: Oh, really? hmm
0: Interesting. Sherry, S-H-A-R-Y, Hermione. Hermione? Like Well, it's actually Hermione. So there's no O I N E like there is in Harry Potter's Hermione. So, how
1: are they coming up with these names? I, these are I real. Think,
0: okay, so I believe that these lists. So, because this started in 1953, I am led to believe that the majority of these names are, in fact, originals from 1953. They have not come off of the list. And I say this because certain storm names can come off of the list. They can technically be retired, but they only do that when there is a storm named said name that creates so much destruction and havoc that they believe that naming another storm, that same name will pull up bad memories and have bad connotations so for the sensitivity of those who were affected by the storm previously if it's that bad and i don't know the threshold but if it's that bad they will retire like katrina is retired right um and uh i believe marion is also retired
1: okay so i just looked this up yes and they have them set till 2024
0: but but consider they're gonna recycle the one that's yeah for this year
1: yeah so that's so just, that's Dor- going to be... Co- there's a lot of, there's a lot of So you of see names. Dorian,
0: Dorian is number four, right? Yeah. So um, in 2025, it's potential that Dorian will be removed from the list of names. Okay. There's like Chantel. Yeah. Gabriel. Cristobal.
1: Yeah. So
0: the other Olga? thing is that these are, uh, these are not just US, I don't believe, I mean, I believe that to some extent it is, but I do believe that there are people that serve on this committee. The World Meteorological Organization, that is the international committee that actually maintains these lists and updates these lists. So that's why I think that there are some names on here that are not necessarily American or English. And there's
1: 21
0: names. Yeah. Per year. So if they, I think if they go over, if they, let's say they, for 2019, Wendy is our last one that's on the list here for Atlantic. Mm-hmm. So let's say Wendy happens and then there's another storm. I believe it restarts to Andrea, which is the first name for 2019. It
1: says additional storms are
0: ta- will take names from the Greek alphabet. Oh, because I saw something in a different area that said that they would go back to the
1: start. Oh, interesting. Mm. I mean, 21... Okay, so how many hurricanes do we normally get anyways because 21 seems like a lot in one year i agree 21 seems like an absurd amount
0: okay so hurricanes the most hurricane and i say this because tropical storms are anticipated to be they're named they're anticipated to become hurricanes but they are not actually hurricanes Mm -hmm. so the highest number of hurricanes that we had in a single year was 15 that was 2005 katrina year uh after that 12 hurricanes rocked the world and that was in 2 years 2010 most recently but then 1969 okay was the other year all right and so one of the questions i always had was like are we just getting more and more severe weather but when you look at these numbers it doesn't seem like that is actually happening right
1: more frequently no it seems like it's variable yeah totally totally so, okay That's so interesting. So we've never hit 21.
0: No. All right. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't, um, because remember we had Hurricane Sandy. Yeah. Right? And so there weren't that many hurricanes. It was just the tropical storms are named within that same list. And so that's why we we
1: use so many other letters uh, that are pre-designated. And Katrina is the costliest storm on record. But it's not the deadliest, is it? It, it is not. Okay, <laughs> is... so which one's the deadliest storm? Okay, so
0: from information that I found that was from an article in May of 2018, the actual deadliest storm, hurricane on record, was the Great Galveston Storm. And this is in America, right? Yeah. Okay. It and when was the... that? What? Texas. No, when was that? Oh, oh, this is ridiculous. 1900.
1: So almost 120 years
0: ago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a long time ago. But so they... they I don't think anyone's alive from then. No, I'm pretty certain that's that's the case. So they estimate, and this is a big range, mind you, they estimate between 8,000 and 12,000 were killed in the hurricanes, which essentially wiped out the entire town of Galveston. I would say, though, I'm just going to make an argument here, that back 120 years ago, they didn't have quite as good structures. Right. And escaping these storms they also weren't tracking them quite as closely and they also didn't have quite as good escape routes or ways to say people couldn't
1: we didn't have the technology that people knew something was coming and then they could get the hell out exactly
0: what might be even more alarming than this one though in not to belittle it by any means because certainly a lot of people died um september 8th 1900 so we just passed like the 119th anniversary of it However, Hurricane Maria, which happened in 2017, is the second deadliest and that was about 5,000 people. And that was the one that's that the was one Puerto Rico. the one that
1: hit Rico. Puerto Rico, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Lots of messy issues
1: there. So what does that compare to Katrina? Because I feel like that's the one that everybody remembers, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone remembers Katrina. I not think that we all remember Puerto Rico, too. Sure. But everybody remembers Katrina. Like, that is, like, what really rocked the nation.
0: I think there are a couple of reasons for that. And, um, you know, uh, granted, we were not there when this happened um, back in 2005. Like, I remember. I mean,
1: we were, we were on Earth. We were
0: we were on Earth. We just physically were not in the southern St. states. St. Louis, yeah. So yeah, I was I'm in not St. Louis, God, St. Louis, New Orleans. Yeah, but um, it impacted Louisiana, Mississippi, Florida, and Alabama. Right. So the Gulf, right? Mm-hmm. And I actually remember people from Louisiana State University coming up to Wash U.
1: Okay.
0: And they came and hung out, and also Tufts. They came and took classes with yeah. us for. An extended period of time because, well, they just couldn't go to campus. Right. That being said, I think the reason, although its its fatality count was, like, around 1800. Right. The reason why it took the cake is because, like, the city was demolished. There was historic flooding that topped levees, um, or levees, excuse me, and, and displaced hundreds of thousands of of people who lived in the South. The other reason I think that this took on such – it's in, like, the hearts and the minds of everyone in the country is because the cleanup was so terrible. Like, they just left the deceased just laying out on rooftops and streets. Yeah. I can't imagine the smell, to be honest. But also then you have all these scavengers, like, birds, animals, things like that that are going to come – after the decomposed and the dead. And then the other thing is that the Superdome in New Orleans was where tens of thousands of people went for refuge and it was just horrific conditions. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, how do you expect to take care of all of these people? Like, you're inadequately prepared. At any rate, I think that that is why Katrina sticks in our minds. It was so huge. And it was, as far as the number of fatalities here... There was another one that was Palm Springs, Florida and Puerto Rico back in 1928 that mm-hmm. was in between Maria and Katrina that had a, a many many deaths. However, this is present time, right? 2005. Yeah. It's present day and also because of the wild conditions, the chaos that ensued afterwards, a lot of charity work went down to improving those conditions. And remember, I remember like Jolie, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt went to go like build houses for Habitat for Humanity down there. Yeah. So I just think it got a lot of extra publicity that other storms maybe had not to that point. But this was a I don't want to say an opportunity, but it, it certainly was an opportunity for the country to kind of show its support.
1: Well, not only that, I mean, over eighteen hundred people is not as much as Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico, which was five thousand. However, this came before that and we hadn't seen something like this in a long time. Exactly. Right? Yep. So You're totally right. I think that's also why but, wow. How is Hurricane Dorian? Do we know what kind of category it is and how it compares? Now I don't. I, I think it's Have been
0: they, downgraded. It's okay. no longer even a category. Uh, I think it's just, or it's a category. Well, as of recording, I believe it's category one or two. Okay. And they what, thought it was going to hit
1: at category three to four levels. Well, I'm reading that there's a lot of dead people in the Bahamas. Oh, yes. What are What are you reading?
0: Um... <laughs> I saw video from the airport in the I Bahamas. Don't, the
1: death toll is low, but there's destruction everywhere. Apparently, there's an island, the Great Abaco Island, that is inundated. They can't get there. There's no emergency access, so there's a ton of boats that are flipped over or on their sides. That's. A, yeah, I think that's a problem. I think that's it's, a problem
0: with all this is because your ports and your yep uh, it, it, for islands. Like, everything yeah. that you have for access is just completely washed away. It's gone. Right?
1: And, I mean, that's what happened with Puerto Rico, Do right? You,
0: did you find, what was the highest? I think it the highest it was a Category 4.
1: I don't know exactly. But what is that? So, is Category 4, like, the worst then? No, no. Category 5 is the worst. Okay. Similar
0: to uh, Tornado. If anybody watched Twister when it came out, like, 95. Yeah. <laughs> um, I We used to pretend we were storm chasers in another life, my sister and I. So category five is the worst, and that is uh, – this is on a specific scale called the Saffir-Simpson hurricane wind scale. It's a one to five. Okay. And it is sustained wind speed. So I assume that's like not even – not including gust. It's just what is the actual wind speed.
1: Okay.
0: Category three and higher are considered major because of the potential for significant loss of life and damage. One and two categories are still dangerous, but there are so many different preventative measures that can be taken. And I think because it is much yeah. slower moving, then there's much more that you can do in order to, you know, take these precautions so that it reduces the amount of damage that
1: okay. could occur. So um, according to the weather.com right now, mm-hmm. Hurricane Dorian has gone down to category two. Okay. All right. Um but it's still, they're still saying that it can is can have significant damage. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're worried about South Carolina right now. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, and North Carolina.
0: When you have these hurricanes, it's not just, of course, the ones, the areas that are along the water or mm-hmm. in the water mm-hmm. that are being hit are obviously getting hit the hardest. And my heart goes out to all of them. But these are not just limited to, you know, it's not like there's a barrier uh, along the, the coast. Right. It actually carries and pushes through the rest of the states. And so it it's going to come up here. I know we have a lot of rain expected next week. I... Don't know if that's coming directly from that southwest, or southeast, excuse me. Yeah. But it's also going to mo- migrate and move further north into New York and probably shed a bunch of rain Well, New York can get a bit, I mean, New
1: York can get a lot of... Well, sandy, yeah. Yeah, you know. So,
0: so, so you said it's a category two, and right that means now. the sustained winds are between 96 and 110 miles per hour? It seems pretty significant. Uh, right? <laughs> I mean, I would be terrified for that shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Humans still go outside. Have you, like, I don't know how people are just like, no, nah, we're going to ride it out. If you, okay, category one is 74 to 95
1: miles per hour. I wouldn't even ride that shit out. I'm sorry. So the Carolinas are flooding now, though. There's rushing water on the streets in mm. a city in South Carolina. Um, and there there's- are undertoes. Like, it's, it may not be,
0: like, open water, but it's still kind of open water. They're undertoes and people can get pulled in
1: under currents. So that's why it's even more dangerous to go out with all this water. Yeah, they're saying the I, the Hurricane I, uh-huh. is very close to the North Carolina coast right now. Mm. Oh my goodness.
0: Yeah. So I will just say we're recording this a week out from release date. And so yeah. I hope by that point in time things have died down. It's certainly we just wanted to kind of talk about this. and
1: Yeah, and- but, Oh, so the wind right now is 105 miles per hour.
0: Okay, so hurricane. it's it's right in the middle. It's in yeah. the sweet spot of category two. Yeah, so. Damn. So, so okay, just really quick, because you had said something about Katrina, and then we had Harvey. And then, this is the interesting part. Katrina was a category three. Harvey, if you'll recall, in 2017, was a category four. That was Texas and Louisiana. Yeah. Sandy, which was up in New York and all of that, like the Northeast, that was a category one. But had... It was the third highest in terms of damage.
1: Yeah, that had a ton of damage. So the categories don't necessarily equal the damage. Right. No,
0: I think it's the categories are solely based on wind and they give these precautions for what could or could not happen. I mean, and I think tries to inform the people who live there what they should be doing. Now, if the, I saw category one again, Sandy, that was up in the Northeast.
1: They don't get a lot of
0: shit well, like and that. They're like destroyed
1: that. a lot of the Jersey Shore.
0: Yes. Yes. So Um Okay, Irma was another really big one. That was a four. It was category four in okay. twenty seventeen. Um I don't know if anyone if everyone else who was listening, uh was alive during Andrew. Okay. I but remember Andrew. Andrew is in fact a retired name too, and that was a category five.
1: And what year was that? Nineteen
0: ninety two. It I do remember it.
1: This I will really say. Young, this but... whole
0: list that I'm looking at from the National Hurricane Center, it is listing the the most costly um, hurricanes between 1900 and 2017. However, the values have not been adjusted for inflation. So I think Andrew is probably if you have inflation, 27 years later, that shit's going to be up. Yeah, like it's not wow. right now. It's listed at 27 billion dollars, and that was Florida and Louisiana. Anyway, so, yeah, I mean, Andrew was the only five that I think is recorded on this particular list except for Camille. I like that name. Uh, back in 1969. And that was that was a Category 5. Yeah, it
1: definitely wasn't alive then.
0: Definitely not. <laughs> um, so. But, again, this is just, this is not all the, all the Category 5s. This is just, like, based on damage. Yeah. And what categories each of them were, so...
1: Well, let's hope that Dorian does not cause significant damage, and that it, you know, turns away. They can. It turns away. Let's
0: let's hope for a sharp right into the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Exactly. Uh, It can happen. Stranger things have happened.
1: Prayers to the people in the Bahamas, and let's hope that the damage, you know, and the like. Let's hope hope the death toll is actually is the low. Is very low. Yeah. It does say it, but I don't think they've come out with the official. Number now. By the time this comes out, they may have the official number, but yeah. So, they might. um, yes, second all of that, all of so that. So,
0: what do you think about this wine, Miss Jamie? Okay, so Storm Point, I think, is on point. Oh, Uh it oh. is. I think that that makes, was a good.
1: That was a good little statement there. Oh,
0: thank you. Mm-hmm. So, I also believe that I think it's interesting because this is a 2017, yeah, which means it was just harvested in 2018, and so it was. It's not that old. Like, it hasn't been bottled for that long.
1: No, it hasn't been. Um, I think it has
0: this really bright acidity, which means that it would pair extremely well with food. I am getting, like, so much, like, peppercorn slash black pepper on the nose. I think you're right in terms of the floral. Like, it's very perfumey. Oh, yeah. um, I don't want to say... Nose. Not
1: on the taste. On the nose, I, I get right. a lot of perfume. And it's not
0: like grandma's perfume. Mm-mm. It's not like potpourri shit or either. It's very... Uh... It's like a fresh floral. Rose is perhaps, like, the best. Yeah. I do think that...
1: Oh, this this is integrity and sustainability certified, by the way. You do think what now? I was going to say, I think that the blackberry, to me, is a very spot-on
0: berry flavor that I get. It's Mm -hmm. not the... Again, it's not, like, an overly ripe. It's, in fact, quite, like, a little underripe. And then I do believe that that strawberry... A ripe or strawberry just kind of comes through a little bit. Yeah, at the I end. don't get the strawberry not but... at all. What about tannins? I almost feel like there's not. It's like medium minus tannin.
1: Mm, I wouldn't say minus. It's it's there. It's very subtle.
0: Very subtle at the end. They're fine tannins. I would say it's not like it is gritty. Like no, it, but I don't think that this wine needs more tannin. Oh no. Yeah. No, no. I don't. I think it's that like it with would a cab
1: not... you need something mm-hmm. like i don't think this needs it i think this is i think though i think that it is well made i like this a lot yeah this was about i think about 15 dollars. okay nice so
0: yeah I'm and the other
1: thing about south africa is i think that you get better quality wine for the cost so i think that if this was really from napa this probably would be a 30 dollars bottle of wine but because it's from South Africa, it's going to be cheaper. So if you see South African wine for15 dollars you might be getting something really good. Um, it never hurts to ask who yep. wherever you're shopping the the people who work there should be pretty
0: knowledgeable about stuff. So yeah. if you like go in and describe something that you like, they should be able to point you in the right direction.
1: Yeah. So, if you haven't explored South African wine, I highly recommend it. This was actually part of a wine club that I met mm-hmm. um, in, and it was it's a pleasant surprise. So, I think, it, and it's just such an interesting blend, blend. of
0: yeah. varietals. I really like it. So, on that note, on that point, Sarah. Thanks, guys. Stay safe and stay dry. <laughs> Run between the raindrops. Okay. Okay. All right. Cheers, guys. All right. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform to help spread the DBP word. Check out our website and blog at dbpcheers.com And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at dbpcheers or on the Drunk Bitches
1: Podcast Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you, so send your questions, comments, and fun wine or topic ideas to dbpcheers at gmail.com. Until next time, cheers from the girls of DBP.